You're listening to the Seduce podcast with Cass and Kat, where we love to talk about life and experiences that inspire your higher self. Good morning, Cat. Good morning, Cat. I really just love singing that sometimes. I know. Particularly when you're like, you know what, Cass, you can start the episode today. And I'm like, what, why? Why? <laughs> and that's all you can I'm come on, up with. I'm on a limited st- sleep. Why are you making me do this? <laughs> but I do have something I actually want to discuss. Is that this right? morning? Yes. Okay. This week, I was really dwelling and thinking around the concept of how much we tolerate as human beings and how different Mm. people, you know, we tolerate different things and why do we tolerate things and Mm -hmm. should we tolerate things? Mm. And it got me thinking. I had this little, this little memory. Okay. Here we go. (laughs) So do you remember old Instagram? Oh, so Instagram where on your discover feed part, yes. you would be able to see Kat liked so-and-so's picture. Okay. Or your boyfriend is liking this girl's photo. Yes, I remember that. Right. So I remember this was years and years ago. There was a girl that I followed and uh, was she married or had a boyfriend? But we were mutuals with all of them, like the boyfriend and her. So sure. I was yeah. following both and they were following me. Mm. This one morning I saw, oh dear, yes, in my Discover channel that so-and-so, this guy, had liked a photo and you were able to back then click on it yep. so you'd be actually taken to that photo. Yes, I remember. Yeah, yes. you know, it's so funny. Snapchat and Instagram got rid of these certain things because For a they reason. Were, yes. <laughs> they were like telltale signs like your boyfriend's cheating on you. Yeah. <laughs> like he's got fire emojis from his Snapchat. Yeah. You, you know when you, you would be on a like a fire run? I can't remember Snapchat. I got rid of it years ago. But anyways, so Instagram took me to this photo and I was able to see that it was very R-rated photos of women, near naked women, and this guy was liking them. Okay. And I just thought, in my mind, I thought, I wonder if she knew. Mm. Because that would be embarrassing. Oh, big time. And if she knew, she just tolerating it. You know, is this just one of those situations? Like, I'll tolerate this because I want to, I, I can't remember if they were married or not. I want to get married or, you know, I'm just going to let this go. Or this is his fetish. It looked like, I'm not kidding you, it looked like a weird fetish. Without me going too much into detail, it looked very like the more I kind of investigated the situation. <laughs> were there images of people's feet? No, 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 it wasn't. But it was, it was some other kind of weird, so R-rated stuff. This is the way I see it. If you saw those images, that means she definitely saw that he liked those Look, images, unless she was just so busy that she didn't, or was like I said, tolerating it, turning a blind eye. But mm. there's a quote that says, be careful what you tolerate. You are teaching people how to treat you. Oh. A hundred percent. So if this is one of those situations where you don't nip it in the butt, mm-hmm. like, you can't, babe, you're kind of looking at weird R-rated photos. Yeah. Like, what's going on here? Is there an issue here? Yes. Do I stay? Do I go? Do I say, this is, I'm not going to tolerate this and yeah. I expect better? Yeah. Or 
do you just turn a blind eye and Look, let it happen? I don't know what age group this couple were at the time that Instagram was allowing these sort of liked photos to come up on people's feeds. But I think if I speak on experience, my own personal experience here with tolerating stuff, I remember back in high school, there was a friend of mine who would pick on me for the clothes that I'd wear. Okay. (laughs) I think she had her own issues. (laughs) When I'd go out, I'd wear like, I don't know, skirts, tops, like, like most girls would wear. And I think there were times where she would comment and say that I looked like a hoe or I looked like an S-L-U-T. And I was just like, um, I actually don't. I actually look really nice and I'm getting a lot of compliments and you're the only person that's throwing shade my way. Like what's mm. going on here? Anyway, I used to tolerate that for a long time and I reckon that had a lot to do with maybe immaturity and yeah. really not understanding one's boundaries. Yeah. You know, like I let my friend or that particular friend talk to me like that and I still considered her a best friend. It's not like I was – I wouldn't call it bullying, but she wasn't uplifting me at all. No, no value. That no. kind of person needs to be snip, snip, snip. Oh, and she was. I totally ghosted after high school, like, you know yeah, me. Typically. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, sometimes I think back to those days and I think I used to tolerate a lot more, even in my 20s, I tolerated a lot more than what I do now. Mm. I remember even scenarios where in relationships, not not just friendships, but even in like romantic relationships where, you know, I'd let things slide like that example you gave on Instagram, like maybe old cat would have let that slide Eesh. because I just wouldn't want to deal with the that issue. Does that make sense? <laughs> <Can I? laughs> Man, this is bringing back memories. <laughs> there's, yeah, I think there's a difference sometimes in, okay, mm. all right, let me break this down in a story. So in my teens, I was likely the opposite of you. Mm-hmm. I tolerated very, very minimal, mm-hmm. very minimal. And I carried a lot of that through to who I am today, yes. as you know. However, and I think we've, we have spoken on past episodes how my first two boyfriends really put me up on a pedestal. Mm. And then somewhere along the line, I started to tolerate things. Goodness knows why. I don't know why that into then my third relationship I tolerated things that I wouldn't have tolerated in the first two. I don't know why. I can't explain it. Was it an age thing? Was it my headspace where Mm. where I was at? Because this was after my endo operation. Like, did I just care less to the point where I was able to just go, oh, whatever, I'll just tolerate that. I'll just just deal with it. I'll deal with Mm. it. So much so that, yeah, the next few boyfriends I had, I was tolerating things that I wouldn't normally tolerate. And now we're back to old Cass. I feel like I'm really in my old groove of what I was when I first entered relationships at the age of 17, 18, which was really, truly put up on a pedestal and Mm. treated like a queen. Mm. Amazing, right? But why somewhere along the lines did I start to tolerate crap that I shouldn't have been Mm. in relationships? And was I also tolerating them in friendships? So here's a story about one of my exes. Oh, gosh. I love your ex stories. <laughs> you know, this, no, I won't give you a timeline, but it actually, yeah, well, this was me coming out of my, no, I'm not tolerating this shit anymore. Face. Okay, okay. Right. So we remember that an ex came back briefly mm-hmm. where I was just able to observe. And we've spoken about that in mm-hmm. Return of the Ex. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's a good lesson that if someone's coming back, always observe. Mm. Why are they back? What are they doing? Mm. You know. What's the lesson? What's the lesson here? 
<laughs> he came back mm-hmm. and I was observing. So I was not being intimate with this person. There was no part of me that wanted to. Yeah, because I just didn't feel he deserved it. Mm-hmm. But anyways, this one night he had come over and I had thought we'd be eating lunch together. That didn't happen. He told me that he'd already eaten by the mm-hmm. time he got to my house. So already you've pissed off Cassandra. <laughs> You have made me assume that we're going out to eat and then you've already eaten. Okay, that's cross number one. And can I just say at that point, I could imagine you would have been starving. Oh, so that's not good. Not good, right? So anyways, it gets closer to dinner now, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, surely he's going to take me out to dinner and we're going to go somewhere. This guy had the audacity to call his mother what? While him and I were sitting next to each other on the couch and ask her what she was cooking for dinner. What? Oh, yes. What, for you both to go over? Mm. No. Wouldn't that have been lovely? <laughs> what do you mean? So he gets off the phone. He asks her what she's cooked for dinner. Yeah. He hangs up the phone. He turns to me and he goes, I'm heading off to my mum's. <gasps> what do you mean? And Wait. the guy walked out on me. <laughs> Wait, did you just have an argument? Was there? Any- of course. No, no, no. I mean, prior to that. Like, no. What? Oh, no. That's why oh, this guy was such a weird unit. And, wow. And you can, yeah, I can say that on the outside looking in that I can go, well, that was odd. So he bailed on you. Was this like a weeknight or a weekend? Uh, no, it was a weekend. I think it was a Saturday or a Sunday. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. So he turned to me and said, all right, well, I'm off. And I looked him down in the eye and said, are you serious? He goes, yeah, mum's cooked this. And I went, you know what? I let you into my house when I told you I didn't want to. So immediately when he had come back, I had said, no, no, I don't, I've got I don't want you entering my house. Like you caught me the proper way. You take me out. We have meetings, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Not meetings, but like we meet places yeah. and you pick me up. And he, like a spoiled little brat this one day, was outside ringing my doorbell until I let him in. So oh, it was one of those tricky okay. situations. Anyway, so I turned to him in this situation where he was about to leave to go to his mum and dad's for dinner. And I said, you know what? I'm done. You either caught me the proper way or this is over. Mm-hmm. And he walked out. He walked out and it was that week that it was over. And I'm pretty sure, I can't remember whether I was so fired up and just mad or if I actually cried that night. I think I was just fired up. I just think my heart and everything was just pounding. And I just went, I'm not this behavior. I'm not a girl that is going to tolerate a relationship like this, Mm. that you can actually act in the most obscene manner, it's just abnormal. I'm, like, blown away by that. Exactly. But, you know, another girl might think it's okay. They mm. might tolerate it and go, oh, that's fine, hun. I'll eat crackers while you go and eat dinner at your parents. Mm. You know what I mean? But, no, I was just not willing to tolerate it. So then what obviously happened was that week he called me up, like the probably the following day apologised and – He said, can I come over for dinner? And I said, I actually really don't want to see you. Mm. There's no part of me that wants to see you. And he said, oh, let me make it up. I'll make make us a salad, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, whatever. He came over and then that's a whole other thing. There were other actions involved there that I just Mm. didn't tolerate. And that was the end. Yeah. So him getting up and going, oh, I'm going to go eat. 
and my parents was the beginning of the end. Yeah. It was that initial step for, no, I'm not going to tolerate this. Because, once again, be careful what you tolerate. You were teaching people how to treat you. Oh, 100%. Now, exactly. Some guys can't be taught, so it's better to exit them from your life. Yeah. yeah. See ya. Yeah, exactly. See ya. See ya. Enjoy your lamb. <laughs> <laughs> but you can't get any more of this. <laughs> But it was just great because obviously being not tolerating things like that then lead you to the people or person you're supposed to be with. Oh, definitely. I think in your life. It's quite empowering to have those sorts of boundaries Mm. where you pick and choose what you do condone and what you don't. And I think if I look back now again and I take other scenarios now, not even romantic scenarios, but just family situations, friendship situations. You know, my friends listening would have probably described me back in high school days as the type of friend that would counsel everyone. Yes. So I'd be there for all your issues, right? I'd be the type that would like help you get out of sticky situations. I'd give you my advice. I'd help you, you know, as most of our listeners know and have understood about me, I have a really big interest in the mind and the way the psyche works. And I've always been able to look at people's behaviors. And I don't know if it's a gut instinct that helps or just an understanding of the science behind our mind, but I've been mm. able to like really calculate and pinpoint the issues in people's life, areas in which they're lacking, which cause them to behave a certain way, which then make them execute certain situations in in ways that are really toxic. Yes, so I've I always, love this quality in you. I've always been able to hone in on people's weaknesses and flip them around and like, let's look at how we can make this a strength now. Let's get mm. you out of this situation. Anyway, so if I go back to that cat, she was very much counsellor role in the friendship circle and in the family unit and all of that. And I tolerated a lot because I was taking on a lot of people's baggage, a lot of people's bullshit. I even tolerated people's bad behavior towards me because I could see past the bad and go deep down, I know why they're doing this. And I'm I'm going to forgive them for that internally and just be like, okay, they've had, they're having a bad day. I'm not going to make a big deal about it. I won't put forward how they're making me feel. I'm just going to sit back and understand that this is a moment in time for them and it'll get better. Right. And I, I copped a lot of shit from that, not just from friends, but even like family members who would just throw their shit onto me and then act like absolute assholes and and expect my respect and love back. And back then I would still give my respect and love back because I had this attitude of deep down, I know what they're really like. But what starts to happen as you get older is that you start to realize that if you want any sort of success Mm -hmm. or self-empowerment in your own life, you have to have boundaries and people who come with that sort of sad, depressed, angry, toxic, intolerable behavior that put that shit onto you, you have to cut them out of your life. Correct. Because it's not something that you can actually change in them. And that's something that I learned the hard way. No matter how much you're there for someone, if someone's looping and choosing bad behavior every single time, there's nothing you can do to make them change their mind. You just have to let them live their life, learn their lessons, get their experiences out the way. And and whether they get out of that rut themselves or don't is completely up to them. I definitely wasted. And I say wasted because the lesson was really clear for me, but I chose to ignore the lesson. When people were treating me in ways because they themselves were living in toxic chaos. Mm. And then they'd, you know, when when someone's in a bad place, Cass, they don't treat you well. When someone's upset within themselves, they treat other people like shit. That's just naturally what happens. So being on the receiving end of that is not nice. But it's something that I tolerated for a long time until I understood the concept of you need to be able to 
outgrow those situations to grow yourself. Mm -hmm. And that sometimes means cutting them off completely. Oh, yes. You know, so now I've got a totally different view of the concept of tolerating and condoning things because I don't have patience for that stuff anymore. If a friend comes to me with an issue, I'll talk to them about it and we'll try and get to the bottom of it. But that's where it ends. After that, if they don't want to make any changes in their lives, that's a them problem, not a me problem. Isn't that the worst though when we offer advice and can be so great at it as well. You can offer the best advice in the world, mm. but the person has to be willing to make a change Definitely. or accept or listen to it and take it on board. You know those friends that literally they're like, oh, tell me how to do this, tell me how to, and then they do not do a single thing. Yeah. And it's like, well, that's once. Yeah. How many times do I need to tell you? Because now it's I'm, just repetition. Yeah. You know, like how, how much more of yourself, how much more of your energy are you going to put to this scenario that really has nothing to do with you? Yeah. You know, and then when, when we think about tolerating things, what about people that gossip about you? Mm. What about people that spread rumours and lies about you? I mean, look, I'm sure yeah. everyone listening has had scenarios like that in their life. Like why do you tolerate people like that? Yeah. Well, I don't personally. Normally if they're – normally I find the ones gossiping, if there are ones gossiping – are external to my life. Yeah. And it's and and it could have been that they were in my life at one stage, mm. you know? And then they had to I had to make them exit for a reason or mm. cut them off. So yeah, I find that if that is happening, yeah, it's like that's a them problem. Oh, 100%. You you say it. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a small minds thing. Once yeah. again, it's a small minds thing. Successful people don't gossip. They don't because they have too much to do. If you're gossiping, find a hobby. Oh, so true. So true. That's like the best advice you can give someone. If you're gossiping, you have too much time on your hands, go and find something useful to do with your time. Time. Yeah. And, and, you know, even to our listeners right now, if you find yourself in situations within your own mind that you're focusing on other people's lives, why is she doing that? Why is he doing that? I want to know more about their relationship. Like, stop, stop, stop. You Mm. need to stop yourself in those situations. You literally have too much time. If you are worried about what other people are doing, stay in your lane, better yeah. yourself, go study something, go literally cast, like yes. get a hobby. <laughs> yeah. Actually focus on you. Like that's the way to empower and that's the way to build boundaries as well. Because then you start to realize like, I'm not going to let other people's lives infiltrate my moods and my behavior because that's mm-hmm. a huge, that's a huge toxic trait that a lot of people have out there. You know, there's a... Things successful people do mm. can be employers or just successful people in general, and it can relate to, you know, anything. Hire slow, fire quick, mm. right? So you can take that across the board into your friendships as well. You know, if someone comes into your life, take your time. Like I said, observe. Yeah. Observe before you open up completely. Observe before you hire them. Hire slow, fire fast. Yeah. Fire quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So someone's trashed or talking trash in your circle groups, Mm -hmm. circle groups, your group, (laughs) your group circle, fire them. See you later. Yeah. You don't need that shit. The sooner you make moves like that in getting rid of people or cutting people off, the better off you're going to be in the sense that you're going to open other opportunities, more doors and better people that are more aligned to your thinking and going to enter your atmosphere. Definitely. You don't need to tolerate trash. No. (laughs) You know, at the same time, though, some people find it hard to cut off people. Some people find that difficult. Can't relate. I used to be like that. 
but I've just, I'm a bit like a guillotine these days. <laughs> I'm just, it's like a I like cut. that. <laughs> I like that. Off with your head. <laughs> yeah, I like that. But, you know, some people see that now as a bit insensitive mm. or it's a bit, you know, oh, you should be there for people. Like you can't just cut them off because of this. And, and I'm just like, you know what? I've been there, done that. I'm not interested in being people's counsellors anymore. If you want to, like, empower yourself, I'm there. I'm there for the ride. I'll come along and I'll help you from, like, a spiritual perspective. I'll definitely come on board for that. But these days I just don't have time and energy to listen to your sob story. You know what? That's really interesting because what about people that tolerate themselves too much? E.g., okay, say you've got a bad diet Uh and you've got health issues. Okay. Why are you continuing to tolerate it without making a change? Mm. Why are you not mm. taking Kat's advice on board, mm. not taking the seduce show advice on board? <laughs> Why are you continuing to tolerate this state that you're unhappy with, whether it's health issues, fertility issues, endo issues, acne issues? Like yeah. you can throw as many issues out there as you like. Mm. Why are you tolerating it and not making a change if you're truly unhappy with yourself? Mm. You know what I think? A lot of the time people get into a comfort zone Mm. and it's like a conditioned response to things. It's like, well, this is just the way that I am. And this is a byproduct of being the way that I am. And I'm not really interested in changing, even though I'm aware that I've got this health condition and I'm aware that it makes me unhappy and all of that. But the bottom line is, Cass, sometimes people are happy in their misery. And this might sound strange to to people listening and they might be like, that's not me. That's not me at all. But I challenge you to actually like think about your life. If you're dealing with a really big health issue right now, listening to this, right, and you have made no changes in your life to assist the problem, you need to start looking into what am I getting out of being sick? What am I getting out of tolerating this in my body? Because (laughs) this is going to go on a tangent, but basically there's a lot of advantages to being unwell. And there's a lot of advantages to being sub victim mentality. It's a victim mentality. It's an attention thing. And look, I I hope I haven't lost people in this because we could do a whole episode on on this topic. But Mm. if there's one thing I've learned in the things that I've read and the studies that I've done, it's everyone is comfortable in a situation where they're getting something out of it that benefits them. And when I say benefits them, it might not be good for them, but it still benefits them. So, and I can take that, I can give you a perfect example. Myself, growing up from the age of, hmm, I reckon I was like year three when I first made the connection that if I tell the school that I have a sore stomach, I can get out of classes and go Mm -hmm. to the sick room. I don't have a sore stomach, but I'm going to tell the teacher that I do so that I can leave because I don't want to do this maths assignment or whatever the hell was going on in year three, right? So I'd go over to the sick room and I'd sit there to get out of class. I wasn't sick. I was not sick, but that's what I would do to get out of class. Then I took it one step further and started to realize that when I was in the sick room, you know, the office lady would come up to me and be like, do you want me to call your mum? Are you still unwell? Do you want to go home? Oh, well, all of a sudden. (laughs) The midday movie (laughs) starts soon. (laughs) I don't have to be at school anymore. Now, Now, this is like year three. Okay. So we're talking like eight, nine years old. So now we're planting seeds in me, right? If I say that I'm sick, I get out of things. I learned that real quick. My mum would come pick me up. And at first, the first few times it happened, she was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I don't feel well. I'd carry on this this lie. Little liar. Right? (laughs) 
I'd go home and watch TV and whatever would happen, I'd ruin mum's day because she had to come home from work. And to me, it was like, so what? I'm out of school, right? Then you fast forward to me growing up, getting older, and mum started to realise that this wasn't true. So I remember one time she picked me up, the school called her, she picked me up. She was so mad. She was so mad. Before she even saw me, she knew, right? I got in the car and she said, you're not sick, are you? I said, oh, I've got a bit of a stomach ache. (laughs) Just just a little bit. And she was like, and she told me, she told me off. She said, I leave work to come and pick you up. And, you know, she was a manager in the lab and whatever, whatever. You know, anyway, long story short, you now fast forward to me being 14, 15 years old. And all of a sudden, I have real stomach issues. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I have real stomach issues that have created themselves created, in my yeah, body yeah. from thoughts that I had back then, the thoughts I only had because it got me out of situations. That was the benefit. Yeah. I didn't have to go to school. I didn't have to do maths. Yeah, I didn't have to deal with that friend who was bullying me. I didn't have to deal with whatever it was that day that I didn't want to deal with. I'd get out of it, get out of it, get out of it through sickness. Um, then that sickness actually came into my body. Yeah. Okay. You literally created I it. I literally created it, but not just that, Cass. I held on to that sickness until my 20s. Because it served a purpose. I got attention. When I was sick, people were like, are you okay? What can I do for you? You're not feeling well. I'll do this for you. Don't worry. You don't have to do it. All of a sudden, I'm just like a little princess. Mm. I don't have to do shit. If I don't want to go there, I've got a sore stomach today. Because everyone knows that I've got this condition. So, And and you know what? It takes a lot to actually go inwards and actually work out, like, what was I getting out of that illness? The minute I understood what it was that I was getting out of it, which was not until my late 20s, literally cast that illness. Uh, And for those listening, I don't know if I've spoken about it before, but I suffered from ulcerative colitis for a very long time, which is ulcers in the bowel. Yeah. Okay. So I suffered for that for a good 15 years before I actually realized that one, I created that disease in my body. Two, that disease was never going to shift until I really understood what it was that I was using it for Mm. to get things from other people, to get the attention, to get the help, to really not take responsibility for my own life and go, oh, I'm unwell. I don't, you know what I mean? So when I was in my late 20s and I did heaps of research on it and really understood, oh my gosh, again, this is a me problem. Like I've created this yeah. for myself to get out of X, Y, Z. I'm taking responsibility back. I'm taking my power back. I don't need this fucking shit. If I don't want to, sorry for swearing. You've sworn before you didn't (laughs) apologize. (laughs) But I don't need this stuff in my life. I need to step into my own power and take responsibility for my life. You know what I mean? I do. And it relates interestingly to how before you said you were like the counselor for people. So people would come and say things to you and you would take that on. So their issues you were taking on board. Yeah. So it's almost like it created itself in that too. Yeah. That people, you were getting out of doing things Mm. because you were creating this issue. But you were taking on more as well. Yeah. So it was like almost, yeah. But also look at the psychology behind it. I was giving my care and sympathy to people, but I wasn't necessarily getting that in Mm. return. So what it was that I was craving, do you know what I mean, Cass? I then created an illness and I got all those things back. Mm. Look, look, it's very deep. It is deep. We can write a bloody novel on it. But 
I, I challenge people listening to, to reflect on their own health conditions and go, hmm, one, when did this start? When did I first notice this? Yeah. Two, how does it make me feel having this illness? And really look at it like deep and go, you know, what am I getting out of this? Mm. What am I getting out of having this? Because until you realize that, you just end up being sick for years and years and years until you actually realize, hold on, this is serving a purpose and I've got to figure out what that purpose is. And then I've got to go inwards and be my own hero here. Yeah, You know what I mean? To stop needing this from everyone else and needing this from this illness so that it can just fall away. And that's literally what, you know, my colitis did. It literally dropped away after I made the changes mentally, which is pretty insane when you think about that. Wow. But tolerating yourself, cats, 100%. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, it makes me think of someone else that, you know, they're well into their 40s. They'd really like to settle down with someone, but they have a real strong inability to understand themselves. And so people were tolerating a lot around this person because their behavior is just absurd. Yeah, like truly, truly absurd. I don't even know if they're tolerating themselves. They've probably gotten to a point where they completely, you know, those people that are so unaware of how they treat others mm. and how their actions, you know, they're not attracting good guys. This person will literally go on a date and the guy runs off after two dates mm. and then that person will like mentally act not mentally and verbally, like almost attack them. Like, why aren't you answering my calls? Blah, blah, blah. Like how would, why would someone want to tolerate that? And Mm -hmm. why is this individual not seeing their own actions? Mm. You know, uh, that's an interesting one too. I think it's got a lot to do with the people around them. And I'm not putting Mm. it on like someone's behavior or someone's behavior, but if that behavior is being accepted by the friendship circle. So this is interesting. Yeah. When I see this person, it's kind of, even me, I'm like, I can't be bothered telling you everything you're doing wrong because you almost look at it like, how can you not see where you are fumbling? Mm. Like where all the mistakes you're making. This person is very, loves to start arguments as well. And it it just, and every time they do, you kind of go, well, that's why you are where you are. Mm. And it comes to back to my no care factor. I don't have to, I don't see this person that often, but it comes back to me going, oh, well, I don't need it. If, if this person wants to say a certain thing, it's like, well, I don't care. Like my life's too great right now. But in those short circumstances, I'll tolerate the bad behaviour until I leave for the night. You know what I mean? Yeah. Until I'm the next catch up. Mm. But, yeah, you're right. I think it has a lot to do. But I also believe many of the people around this person have told them that their actions aren't great. And mm. they struggle to tolerate it. They really mm. do. Mm. But, I mean, what do you do in that situation? Oh, guillotine, guys. Guillotine. <laughs> it's a real thing and it is awesome. I'm being serious. (laughs) It's changed my whole life. I was, like I said, I was never like this. And now I'm just like, oh no, if I see something that's like repetitive, negative behavior, if you're going to come to me, even, even small things, Cass, like if you're going to start coming to me and bitching about other people, like I'm out. I am out. I'm not interested. That is not my jam at all. Not, you know, not the jam. I will cut that off and you probably won't see me instigating catch-ups with you like I'm just yeah that's not a, like absolute feels it kind of comes back to well if that person's gossiping about this person what are they saying about you you know what I mean oh that's another thing. like red flag you know absolute red flag but yeah 
it's very, very interesting. You have to be ruthless mm. to protect your boundary. 100%. And I think that, yeah, whatever we're going to tolerate will become the reality of our lives. So like you said, yeah. we have to cut it. And like you said as well, Cass, it's like when you cut off people like that, then you leave the room and door open for good energy to come your way. Mm. And that's the stuff you want to tolerate. That's the stuff yeah. you want to absorb and, and be a part of because if you can surround yourself with similar-minded people, that's when you become your most empowered. 100%. You know? So true. Mm. And don't be afraid to let – I know it, I know it can sound ruthless, but you can't be afraid of change in your life, you know, mm. particularly like me as a business owner and, you know, and just even in personal life, you can't be afraid to let these things, some things slide. Yeah. Because there were things in friendships that, I look back on and I'm like, hmm, like why Why would this person say this kind of thing, you know? And you look back and you go, well, that was a them issue, but I also tolerated it for yeah. longer than I should have, Yeah, you know, going, oh, well, that remark, it was a joke. Well, nah, there's something underlining there if they're saying that to you. Mm. So sometimes it's a really good thing to be free of things like that and thought patterns like that because if you're tolerating something, it means that after you've seen this person or situation and you go away at the end of the day, are those thoughts staying with you? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that's actually a good takeaway because if those thoughts are staying with you, then you definitely have to guillotine. Mm. But if those thoughts aren't staying with you and you're the type of personality that can actually sit in a situation like that and then walk away and not think about it again, well, that's a bit different. Yeah. You could choose if you if that relationship adds value to your life, you keep it. If those little things don't really bother you that much, whatever. You know, certain people tolerate things differently. That's another thing to take away as mm. well. It's not like just because someone badmouths someone else, you have to cut them off. Because for you, that might not be a red flag or something that you look at as bad. If, like you said, Cass, if you walk away from it and it's not affecting your life, then it's not the end of the world. Yeah, absolutely. But if it is something that you're holding on to after, you really have to seriously consider that relationship and say, well, does this add value? Is it yeah. worth having, you know? 100%. So mm. as we round this out mm. to everyone, do we ask you to reflect today after listening to this? Mm -hmm. Are there things in your life that you are tolerating that you shouldn't be? Mm. Are there things you have to let go of? Are you the one that people are tolerating? <laughs> Find a hobby. <laughs> and just don't forget that be careful what you tolerate. You're teaching people how to treat you. That's right, guys. Mm. So on that note, mm, enjoy your day. And hopefully there's been a lot of takeaways that you guys can use in your life. And as always, let us know. Let us know what you're tolerating. I might I might put a story up again for this one. I love the question yeah. boxes and little voting things that we do. So I'll get a feel for what everyone's tolerating out there, hey? Be the guillotine. <laughs> Higher, slow, fire, fast. I love that. <laughs> and on that note, ciao, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs>